You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 131 with Chris Willow from Service Provider Pro. Chris, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I've been a fan of your products for a long time. I know a lot of my friends use it. Uh, for those listening, it is a uh, platform. Well, I'll let you do it. I, but <laughs> I probably should do a little bit of an introduction here. Like SPP, um, we're going to be talking about productized services this episode because that's essentially what you guys uh, serve. Agencies who have productized services, you do it very well. Create an awesome process for anyone um, that runs a productized service. And so that's what we're going to cover on this episode is potentially why an agency would look at creating a productized service, uh, not necessarily converting your whole agency to one, you know, that's an option as well. Um, But, you know, I don't want to go in with this and and turn people off by thinking, you know, if you you have to convert your whole agency to productized services. So we're going to talk about pros and cons um, and, you know, how you can add this uh, to your business. So yeah, Chris, let's start with a little bit of an introduction about uh, you and SPP. Yeah. So my background is, is I used to run an agency that was like 10 years ago, <laughs> but um, that, that was a video production services and they were productized. You pick a design and we do the video based on, on a script. Um, and back then nobody like used, used that terminology. And I kind of realized that we're using a bunch of different tools. Um, we're using membership platforms, form builders, um, all, all kinds of things. And kind of saw that need and decided to, to build something for it. And here we are now. Yeah. So, so you had a productized service before it was cool, basically. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if it's like cool now. <laughs> if it's... <laughs> Yeah, because it's such a niche thing, right? Well, yeah, but also, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I go, I guess, attraction to a productized service. You know, a lot of people, it's a kind of business that can be started fairly quickly. You know, if, I'm sure you're familiar with Dan Norris's book, The Seven Day Startup, who, which really sort of brought productized services to just crazy levels. You know, they started popping up everywhere then because it was the idea was you could start a business. Uh, you know, in seven days uh, based on just something that people want. And Dan went on to create WP Curve, which, um, you know, to everyone in the web industry, uh, if they don't know WP Curve, they'll know the company it got sold to, which was GoDaddy. Uh, And, you know, that's quite the success story of a productized service where he found a need, um, you know, created a service that people found a need, created a service that people actually wanted and went on to sell it. Um, And now he runs a brewery, which is completely rad but <laughs> just uh, that's a cool little success story for um productized services uh yeah so what let, let's talk a little bit about how you define a productized service so you know there's it's kind of a loose definition right some people might call something productized when it's really not so what, what's it mean to you for me i think it's it's a specific solution to a specific problem so, for, for example, like you could hire 
an agency to work on your uh, on your PR stuff, or you could buy a specific service that writes a press release and distributes it to hundred different places, and that is a great example of a of a productized service. You're buying the product, you're buying the end result. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. Like, I guess, like, because you can hire a PR agency, right? That they could, they probably do a hundred different things for you. Yeah, but or you could select a specific. You buying the end product, so in this case, it's a press release. Uh, you know, yeah. I like. Okay, that's a good example. But what are some others? I guess assume you're in. You have a pretty good idea of people using your uh, product. So. Who do you have an idea of what some of the most successful categories of productized services are? We started out uh, in in even more specialized in the SEO niche because because people were like selling link building uh, mm. and that type of services, and I think that's that's our most successful category. And then from there, it's uh, content because content is by definition productized. If you buy an article, um, X number of words or uh, X number of words per month, then you can get uh, allocate that towards different content pieces. Maybe some people do credits. I think those are, are big categories. And then the third one is uh, professional services, design, maybe design request, video editing, uh, pay by the, uh, um, by the video or podcast editing. We have a bunch of those as well. Um, yeah, fair enough. I um, when I think of productized services, my mind goes straight to content one for one because yeah. um, I hear it just. I feel like tons of content agencies have spun up in the last sort of couple of years, um, yes. and then design right because obviously, what is it? Um, design pickle sort of pop got crazy big, and then there's a whole bunch of those out there now. Like Dear Designer is popular in in I guess the communities I. Um, hang out in i see i see that one getting mentioned a bit because um i guess he hangs out in all the same facebook groups uh, tiago the guy that runs it so <laughs> you know, he's a little bit of white label stuff going on so agencies can uh white label dear designer and, and then sell those designs on to other people and i think it's um it's a cool business model i just imagine there are a lot of risks involved. Like I, I see the idea of these like unlimited design services and you know what? And I've also seen a lot of, uh, I don't know, people get burned from productized services. Generally it seems to be from sc- scaling issues. Cause it's kind of hard to provide a productized mm-hmm. service at scale. Right. So is there, do you have any tips for people like that are thinking about going down this road of productized services? Like what are they got to, think about what have they got to have in place to ensure they actually provide a quality service and, and, and also stay in business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In a, in a traditional agency, you, you grow by getting bigger clients in a productized agency. Typically those are lower price points. So you have to have a huge number of, of clients or customers, I guess, to, to work with. And then you have to be very specific about the deliverables don't spend too much time on each project. And I think the number one thing that we see is a a, a bigger agency can do um, all kinds of, they can message you in Slack or email, Facebook. There are all kinds of channels 
you have calls and in a productized service, you can, you kind of want to eliminate that. And that's why we, we have that one messaging section in that order. You go back and forth just in, in that one messaging section. All the messages are there. It's contained. It's self-contained. It's not like a big project with what part of it is in this app, part of it in, is in that app. Um, when you're talking about that's, messaging that's the big so thing. thing, you mean that's within Service Provider Pro? Yeah. Yeah. Or even as a general tip, before to close the deal, you can um, use all kinds of channels where wherever customers message you, you can do live chat. Um, but afterwards, when you're working on the project, you can no longer afford that luxury to to service them in, in all these channels. So focus in on one one channel. And these are the instructions for how to get your project completed. You message us here, you fill out the form here. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is like tight processes. And I mean, I guess that's yep. what I've always thought because I haven't created a, a productized process, but I can imagine it is um, like super important when you're, because margins are going to be, well, actually that's, there's a question for you. What are margins generally like in a productized service? You know, do you, what kind of range do you see? Cause I've always assumed that'd be pretty tight. Um, but I've also heard some people making crazy margins. So I don't know. We don't have insight into that that part of customers' accounts, of course. But uh, I think in general, because you rely on processes so much, um, you don't have to hire like, the top experts to deliver the service. These can be freelancers um, in uh, Asia, maybe. Um, what we're seeing is many agency owners, for example, in the Europe and in the US, and they have offshore teams that deliver the services. So I imagine it's not not that bad uh, margin wise. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, because I, I guess I've, I don't actually know um, anyone who has shared that information with me yet. I probably could ask a few friends. Uh, but it, I guess the reason I was asking is just, I, I wonder how important processes are. Like you, you've really spoken about processes a bunch there. Uh, and I've just assumed to, to have a good margin, you'd have to have those really tight, you know, it's just like a, at, yeah. at any one point, any, like an employee has to know exactly what the next task is. And, and I see, you know, lots of different setups for this, whether that's been, you know, ClickUp is becoming pretty popular now and, um, and, you know, Process Street is probably a really good example for productized services because it's, you know, just the same, something that you can create the same process for every time. I guess Process Street doesn't generally work if you're doing a, you know, you've got a business where everything's bespoke because it's not really a project mm -hmm. management solution. You're not adding and removing tasks and adapting things for clients. It's just like follow this process. So I, I imagine Process Street that I, I've always wondered where Process Street fits in the whole like project management space. And I think uh, productized service would be it. Like, do you, do you guys do anything in, in that regard, like project management or? Um, we just recently, th this is a bit surprising considering we, we do have, we try to have it all in house from billing to messaging mm -hmm. to like order delivery, but mm -hmm. we just recently added tasks, um, to orders so you can create a tasks checklist so that your team can go in, um, check all the boxes to deliver the service. Like you say, some people uh, use Zapier to integrate with, with process street. That's it's a good solution for yeah. for those types of processes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, I guess that that so if someone's thinking about going into a, um, a 
product or service, the main thing they need to do is create processes. Do you, <laughs> what tips do you have for someone who's going to go and create a process for the first time? Like how do they even identify something that could be turned into a product or service from their current business? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the best, uh, the best productized agency owners, they've done that traditional thing in the past. It's not like they're coming fresh um, with, because they already know what, maybe they've served a bunch of different customers or, or clients before, and they've spotted that some of those clients need this more specific thing, and maybe that's more profitable than the other things they do. Mm. And they've honed in on that one need. Uh, I think that's a big one. Um, yeah, the, the the other part of it, what I'm seeing is uh, productized is very uh, sometimes B2B oriented. Um, people are working with other agencies that package part of those productized services into their own general offerings. And that's a huge, huge channel for, for many of our customers. Um, so yeah. like white labeling? Yeah, exactly. White labeling. Yeah, I think uh, as an agency, white labeled productized services were extremely attractive to me, you know, when we, when we were running our agency, because we might build a website or something, but we wanted to do a whole bunch of other things. Like, I think the last episode, we literally, the topic was that people want to go to one agency to get all their stuff done. You know, like they don't want to have to go over here for content, over here for SEO, over here for web design, whatever. Um you know, while you probably get more specialist services doing that, a lot of, you know, consume, not consumers, but businesses, they don't have the time to handle all that. They just want to go somewhere and have all their, their needs met. But if you just do web design, it's kind of hard. You know, you you probably want to add those services so you for your clients. And, and that's pretty easy if you work with really quality uh, white label providers. That's a lot of what we used to do, you know, and I can think of a few off the top of my head, like GoWP, uh, Brad Morrison runs that. He's, it's a, like a white label um, maintenance service for website, web, WordPress websites. So he'll handle the backups and, and maintenance and all that. And I mean, as a web design agency, that's amazing because you don't have to think about it. And it's like low enough price that you can just on sell that to your clients. Uh, you know, all the supports white labeled. So you don't have to like worry, you know, it just looks like you're doing the work, uh, but you, you don't have to. <laughs> it's great. It's a great model. That's a good point you brought up because as a as a client, you kind of want things taken care of. But if you're at that level where you know that, hey, I need three content pieces per month that are 1500 words each, then you can go buy a productized service. Otherwise, you go work with an agency and maybe they use a product I service somewhere down the road. Mm. Yeah. So I think another, like SEO is another great example. I've spoken, oh, God, I forgot the name of it, but um, <laughs> that's a real bad now because I, I like friend, Pete Everett's service. Uh, a lot of people listening to this probably know Pete Everett and he runs a, uh, you know, SEO service that does a little bit of content, a little bit of link building and um, some like on-page SEO, you know, and you can pay. It's essentially a white labeled SEO service uh, that you can bolt onto your existing agency. So I think, you know, I think there are definitely challenges in creating this network of productized services, but um, I think it's a real uh, potential 
you know, if you can make it work, it's a great way to serve your customers better. What I would like to sort of steer the rest of this conversation towards though, is actually like creating your first product or service. Cause we've kind of started there and then we came into a white label and now we're going to go back. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. That's, it's my bad as well. It's like, it's late here. Like uh, people, people listening to this don't know, but like normally I'd have all my podcasts in the morning when I'm sharp, but uh, thanks to, uh, you know, time zones being the way they are. Uh, this is uh, almost a 6 p.m. podcast for me at this point. My brain is like, I'm about to pack it up for the day. <laughs> so it's much harder for me to to keep a uh, conversation running on track at this time of day. But um, yeah, I mean, hopefully there's still a ton of value in here. So, all right, what um, if someone's going to create a productized service, something we were speaking about offline before, which I really like because uh, is is the fact that an agency can spin off almost a second brand as a productized service. Because in my mind, I was always like, how does an agency go from whatever they do, bespoke solutions to a productized service? Like that's a really big jump to make. But then you said mm-hmm. a lot of your clients are just agencies with a spin-off service. And I was like, no, duh. Like that makes so much more sense. And it's... uh I don't know. Like it, it just seems quite logical to me. So do you have any tips for people who, who want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. If, if you have that brand name, you maybe don't want to dilute it with a super cheap productized service. You can start another brand because as an agency, I'm sure you get a, an overflow of uh, leads that are not qualified for the price points you're charging. And maybe you can direct them towards a productized service and the the other idea is to use the productized service as an entry point uh we have a, an interesting client, customer um ollie he runs um website landing page reviews and uh, he's charging roughly like 100 pounds uh, for the uh, landing page review and he gives a lot of good tips but from that, he's generated a lot of business for people who just want to work with him because they've found the service through the productized channel. Um, they they like the, the the review he gave, and that's a, that's a good indicator that there, there's more to come. Um, and they, they want to continue that relationship and, and go towards something more bespoke. And, of course, that's going to be a much higher price point as well. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that just got my brain going, you know, like I just thinking like website audits as a productized service, you know, something, you know, a friend of mine, uh, Cliff Almeida runs uh, mywebaudit.com. And I think a lot of people listening to this probably use it. And it's a tool you can use to quickly run audits on websites. I mean, there's lots of different tools you could use, um, you know, and whether you just send them an audit or you do a review, like um, you said, Ollie did, you know, you could bundle up a kind of, I don't know, package of mm-hmm. you know, things you could change in the next month to, I don't know, improve your SEO, whatever it happens to be. Because I know my yeah. web audit has a report like that with like quick wins or if it's not in there now, they're definitely building it. Um, you know, so using that as lead gen, not so much lead gen because that's like a tripwire service. Um, you know, what you know they're actually going to spend money. Using that as a lead into your main agency, it's a great idea. Like the ends, like you said, splitting off a cheap, cheaper service because i hear that all the time the amount of time i hear uh agencies talking about uh customers 
wanting to refer customers somewhere else uh, based on budget or whatever. Um, but then also kind of wanting to keep the customer at the same time. Like that's mm-hmm. how it is. Like you can kind of have both. Obviously there's more work in, in creating like a second business because that's what it kind of is. But if you can make that work and you can build processes for whatever service it is, I can see that that working really well. You know, I, I've got a friend who runs WP Speed Fix, which is a productized service for, I think he's using SPP as he well. Is. Yeah, it's Brendan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, I may have heard about SPP from Brendan. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, like I, I used those guys to uh, increase the speed of our website uh, a while back. And I, I think I went through the SPP system, um, you know, which is, <laughs> and it was and it was clean from uh, my end too. It's just the forms and everything. But I I can just think of so many products I service just in the web website side of things, you know, and, they, and this is why people mm-hmm. go into WAS. I'm hearing a lot more about WAS, where's website as a service where it's kind of like a, a DIY builder specific to an industry that people mm-hmm. are building. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not so much a productized service. It's, it's more of a product, I guess, <laughs> but it's same, the same idea, right? Is that clients that don't have the budget, you can give them the tools to build their own website, but still stay within your ecosystem. It's the same principle. I like the mm-hmm. I like this idea of using it as uh, as lead gen. I guess I don't know. Like, do you have any idea of how long it takes people to set up a business like that, like a productized service? Do you manage WordPress sites for your clients? If so, you should probably check out WP Remote. It's a central platform to manage all of your sites in one place. That includes security, malware, uptime monitoring. And it's even got a built-in staging system. But my favorite feature is the visual regression system that will give you an alert if something breaks on an update so you can get in there and fix it. It was created by the same people behind BlogVault and Melcare. Now, BlogVault is one of the best backup plugins I've used, and it's also trusted by some of the biggest WP maintenance agencies out there like GoWP, WP Buffs, WP Valet. So if these guys rely on it, you know it's rock solid. You can try WP Remote for free and get 10% off any of the paid offerings by going to wpremote.com slash highway. Now let's get back to the show. It can be set up real quick if you if you have a good idea of, of what you're doing. I think the biggest uh, stumbling block for people just starting out um, is that they want to have that perfect automation from day one where they don't really have any customers yet or <laughs> it's, it's too much too soon. So they might spend two, three months creating like this whole elaborate system and they we help them redesign the portal or whatever uh, but it's it's too soon in in many cases you'd be surprised like how big agencies can get with with just a spreadsheet it's more manual work but at the same time as an agency you're kind of an expert at hiring anyway because you're hiring all the time you could put like people on that problem as well um so yeah i think when you're starting out just keep it simple and and figure out what works and then you can like start building that perfect client flow um, and and expand from there. Because what, what I think is is a good good tip is when you have few clients, they appreciate the, the personal touch, the emails or, or the slacks. Um, and then going through um, 
a system like SPP where they they log in and they have their ticket. Of course, they can reply via email as well, but it feels less personal. I think that's that's a thing of of scale. It's not it's it's not ideal. If if you if for the first five ten clients you can keep it really personal and have a good relationship with them, I'm sure you'll also learn more about what their needs are and and how to better serve them in a scalable way afterwards. Yeah, uh, I'm 100% on board with that. Like we we do a lot of things that weren't scalable at the start of our SaaS business, Content Snare. You know, I'm sure you've probably done the same. Is you've you've the closer you are, you know, the smaller you are. I guess the more hands on you can be, and the like. And when you are able to speak to people all the time, you get really good feedback about how to improve. So um, what you're saying there about like doing the first few clients you know, more personal without this crazy process and automation, 100% on board with that. In fact, there's a guy in a, a mastermind of mine uh, that, well, that I'm in, it's not my mastermind, but um, he's like in the legal profession and he's been talking about and trying to set up this product service for months, just like you said, you know, trying to make sure it's all perfect and whatever. And we were like, oh, how many clients have you put through? And he's like, none. And we were like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it, just sort of do it. Like you've got, you know, what kind of what the product is, just run them through the process and then you'll learn where the roadblocks are, which bits you can't turn into a process with that. Maybe they shouldn't be part of the product or service. You know, if you, if it's got to be bespoke, then, you know, keep that part out. That's part of your main business. Uh, Cause he's doing the same thing. He's got his main like bespoke law, whatever it is with his little productized service on the side with four, exactly the same reason we talked about having like lower budget clients, you know, but all that bespoke stuff, he, he's got to keep it in his main business. And then, you know, as, as he puts clients through it, then he can adapt and change little things and create the process. And I think that's a lot of what's covered in, seven day startup. So people listening to this, I think that's definitely recommended reading. Uh, I think it, well, I haven't read it in a while, but I imagine it still applies that, you know, the idea is you might not need to follow every step of it, but the idea of creating a business based on like, it's a productized service. That's what he talks about um, in seven days. So I don't think it Mm -hmm. really takes that much time. Like you said, it can be done really quickly and then they can adapt. So I just hope this is like um, motivation for someone listening who has been thinking about creating a productized service that they actually do it (laughs) or at least try. The hard part is going to be client acquisition always. When you're small, you don't have to worry about scaling up to handling like thousands of orders because the, the, yeah, once you, once you have clients going in, then build out systems and do all that stuff to, to, kind of improve margins and improve scalability. And you you mentioned the law uh, industry, and I I feel like that's such a great industry for productization because I I know what I want. I want like the privacy policy. I want this and that. And it's nice to be able to like get that as a package. Uh, I feel like that that's, that's a huge selling point for me as, as the buyer. It's, it's almost higher value than, um, paying somebody by the hour to figure it out because then there are so many unknowns. Yeah. Agreed. And it, I feel like it's an industry ready for a shakeup too. You know, there's a lot of people doing it now, I think, but um, it's still going to be nowhere near as saturated as online marketing productized services. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Espe- 
Yeah. Especially because uh, once once you kind of see one good example, for example, like WP Curve, everyone's starting to copy it left and right. There's You have to have that special sauce to, to be the market leader or to to stay on top of, of everyone else, I guess. Actually, um, that just reminded me of something you kind of brought up briefly earlier about um, like pricing models for productized services because, you know, WP Curve was the whole unlimited model, right, where it was you could request one task, but it was at a time you could uh, you could request unlimited tasks a month, but it yeah. was limited naturally by, uh, and, and unlimited was in air quotes there um, for people listening, not watching. <laughs> um but it was naturally limited by you could request one task at a time. So, and there's a 24 hour turnaround. So obviously maximum you can get in a month is like 30 uh, or 28 mm. in February. <laughs> um, so what other pricing models have you seen? Cause you mentioned credits as, as one, like I, I'm really interested because mm-hmm. obviously unlimited is probably going to scare some people. Um, but also uh, you can put in those natural rate limitings. Yeah. What, what models have you seen and, and what ones do you like the most? Usually, we're seeing the there people want to get that recurring revenue. That's a fact. Sometimes they they want to force it when it doesn't make as much sense, and then it can actually cause more harm than good because uh, people maybe want to test it out and don't want to commit to a monthly billing. So usually we see offers side by side. Maybe you have like three packages and a checkbox. Uh, make this a subscription. And then if you do that, you save uh, whatever percent. And if you do a six-month subscription, you save like 40%, some kind of a... There's a premium for paying one time. And if you're serious, and if you think this is what you need, then you get that recurring subscription. And it's good for the agency because they get the money up front and reduces churn. And at the same time, people who want to try it out one time, they can do it easily as well. So we have, we've seen that, we've seen credits, um, word credits. We have a pretty successful customer, word agents. They do writing and they sell word credits. So you buy a certain number of words um, and you allocate them towards your articles. Um, we have the same people who do credits where, um, actually not the same people, but different agencies, they do credits where, um, you buy a pack of credits per month and you can use them towards different services where maybe this service is one credit, this service is two credits. Yeah. That that kind of model, it's a pretty interesting one. Um, and But then it has to be specialized by industry, not by type of service. Because if you do that, you probably offer all kinds of different services for that one um, vertical, I guess. <laughs> That's a really cool idea. I like that. <laughs> Well, you get it. We get it. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I'm happy for you to go on talk more there. But um, <laughs> like, I just like that idea of um, doing it for one industry, or you know, especially two things. One, the subscription thing. A lot of pe- so many people are subscription averse, so giving them the option to yeah. do that one off, amazing. And I've seen that now that you mention it, I've seen that like discount if you apply for six months or whatever. And a lot of the time, you look at the one off and you're like, hmm it's a pretty big discount to go to six months. So I should probably just do that. <laughs> and I've, I've done that, you know, I've, I've done that exact um, thought process when signing up for a productized service before. 
so I can see how that would work, especially given how subscription averse people are. And especially if you like, you know, it's six months and we're like, we're done, you know, like it's, it's a psychological thing when it's not a recurring, recurring payment. Um, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the credit thing, giving people the control to like pick and choose what they work on or what they get each month, uh, I think that's quite cool. I especially really like the word system because that's always been my problem with um, content productized services is like four articles a month. It's like, well, no, sometimes I want a really, like this topic needs to be a really big article and I want four. I want to like combine three of them into this one monster post. So that's, I really like that system. Yeah. And, and at the same time, like uh, if you've agreed on a certain number of words, you don't want the writer trying to hit that number for no reason. Um, mm. And that way you can kind of carry over those credits to a different article, perhaps. Mm. Writing is so hard. Like, cause I, <laughs> I've actually hired writers lately. We've got a couple of internal writers now and I, I just don't know what the right model is. Cause it's, um, you know, I feel like hourly billing it, it, hourly is what I prefer, but it's, it's kind of generally bad for the writers. I know this is totally off topic, um, but you know, because I don't like word count paying by words because it almost like encourages yeah. fluff <laughs> in the articles and, and I do, and I, and I, but I still want to pay people for research. So I like, I think hourly kind of is good. This is my favorite way, but um, you know, a lot of, People, a lot of freelancers don't want to work with me hourly. So that's a problem. It's a hard one. Anyway, totally off topic. Any other models you've seen work? Because, I mean, a lot, a lot of them don't really need a model, right? It's just like if you have a website audit, it's probably just going to cost this much, you know. And if you need, uh, um, you know, speed fix on your website, they might have three levels of a one-off payment or something. And, and it's just this is how much it costs. But yeah, any other like models for sort of recurring things? Well, here's an easy win. Um, maybe just not exactly upselling, but during checkout, like offer the option to add some additional stuff. Like maybe it'll be a quicker turnaround. Maybe it's, um, you know, writing services, English writer, native or non-native. Sometimes they do that. Um, so just a way for buyers to make make the order more valuable mm. um, for them. That's that's an easy win. Everyone should be doing that. Yeah, I like the, the whole order bump, I think they call that, where you add yep. something on just for the checkbox. Uh, now, I this is not um, web design or agency specific, but a friend of mine who runs an online course had a course uh, coach come in and he had like a lower priced product of, I don't know what it was, like a couple hundred bucks. And there was an upsell to something that was like, quite significantly more expensive uh, it was a language learning course and it was basically adding on a couple of coaching sessions with a t- checkbox and the uh the take up they got on it was insane and it added literally thousands of dollars per month to their business overnight it's crazy <laughs> yeah you could do like post purchase upsells as well but i think in the service uh, space it's 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 not as as common as like internet marketing courses and stuff. Yeah. Cool. So let's wrap this up with a little bit about SPP and I guess how you've packaged this up into a, a product that can help someone launch productized service. So so what is SPP? Yeah. So SPP is a agency management platform, and we're specialized in, in agencies doing the productized model. Um, 
we try to handle the whole flow in one place from order form or invoice. Uh, we handle the payment through Stripe. Um, from there, we send the user an intake form, which is kind of what Content Snare does, only a bit simpler. Um, the user is logged into the portal where they can check the status of their orders. We handle the messaging part as well. They can send messages back and forth. They can download their stuff. So it's kind of an all-in-one solution for agencies. And on yeah. the agency side, you can bring on your contractors, give them different roles, assign them to jobs. Um, yeah, and we try to cover that and make the flow super easy for clients. So the next time they want to buy from you, they can log in, press a button and get that service going. Yeah, that and that's key, right? Making it easy for them to buy other services. That's massive. I assume you've got like, yeah, they can take up other subscriptions or buy one-offs and all that kind of stuff inside the portal, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So we have a way for you, if you, if you have, for example, this level of subscription, we have a way for you to upgrade it yourself, have a prorated upgrade. Um, many people want to do that. Um, so the, the the portal, it's it's all totally customizable. You can add your own pages to it, um, add videos, add all kinds of offers. Yeah, it's it's un unlimited in, in what you can do. And for somebody starting out, they don't need all this stuff at all. Um, they, they maybe they need an order form and, and an intake form and that's pretty much it so keep it simple when starting out yeah that's true i guess i mean uh th there is i feel like something like spp is probably not too bad to start out with because oh, hang on i'm just trying to pull up your pricing while i speak but like i mean starting out it's uh 49 bucks a so, month right now yeah on the annual plan i mean it's it's pretty uh achievable for an agency right like it's not yeah. uh, there's two ways you know you can just start with an intake form and just try and see how it goes but at the same time you know that that system can get quite messy and you've got to tear it all out when you scale up so true true there, there's two two schools of thought you know like i mean they're just things you've got to balance right it depends how seriously you you're thinking about a productized service if you're serious about it i'd say just sign up for spp and, and get going if maybe uh you're not so sure and you just want to test the waters yeah then you can hack together a system of a few different things um, yeah <laughs> uh yeah it's it's something i deal with all the time you know like should i just buy the th the thing that i like the good solution now or should i experiment and hack some things together first i mean this is a balancing act i on everything in our business we do the same thing uh cool chris well is there any anything else you'd like to leave people with uh before we wrap this up um no, I think right now productized services are taking off. So it's a good time to like jump into it and give it a shot. And if, if you're in that market, check out spp.co. Um, that's our website. Mm. And we'll be happy to help you get set up. Sounds good. All right. Uh, yeah, Chris, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Um, yeah, and for sharing all this, this stuff about productized services. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.